0: Good Sunday morning, City Gate Church and Pastor Howie Cantrell welcome you to this week's broadcast. We encourage you to tune in each Sunday morning at seven thirty, right here on one hundred point seven WHIN, or visit us in person at seven thirty four Red River Road in Gallatin, Tennessee. Services start at nine forty five. And now, Pastor Howie Cantrell. Today, I'm going to be talking about some some real tough stuff. Uh, There's a lot of people that are skeptical about this area as we go into this and they're they're talking about how this is impossible and that's impossible and you can't do this and you can't do that. I'm going to tell you something right here from my heart, my mouth to your ears. If it's in the book, I believe it. I don't care what any skeptic says. I don't care about they say it's a different this or a different that. I don't care what they say. They didn't save my soul. They did not die for me. Jesus Christ died for me, and that's who I trust. And I'm telling you right now, start looking at the book because it's the answer. So let's go on. Verse 14 says, Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud. And on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man having his head, a golden crown, on his head, a golden crown, and in his hand, a sharp sickle. Now, I want you to imagine this just for a minute. There's, there's another time that we see when Jesus is not named, and it says, yeah, I see someone who looks like the Son of God, and that's when there was a fire burning and three men walked into it. I don't know what's going on in your world today, and I don't know what's going on in your life. But I'm going to tell you right now, stop running from the fire and start running to it. Because the devil's trying to intimidate you. He's trying to keep you from going through things that God's going to meet you right there in the middle of it and deliver you from whatever it is that you've been dealing with. Now, I just felt the Holy Spirit right there. Listen to what I just said quit running from the problem and run to it and take authority over it that God gave you stand up in it don't be afraid we're going to be scared these things are not fun things to read they're scary things to read but for the one who's not saved they're terrifying but for the one who is it may be a little scary don't think that those guys that had to go into that fire that day don't think that they weren't scared don't think that they weren't worried Don't think that Daniel wasn't worried when he was thrown in the lion's den. But when we get in these situations, God is there. He said he'll never leave us or forsake us. So I'm telling you, whoever it is in this room or online who needs a little hope, trust the word and trust what God says. Amen? So we see Jesus sitting on this cloud. He has a sharp sickle. Not his sword, his sickle. And he's got his crown on and he's sitting there. And then we see this. And another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud. Listen, thrust in your sickle and reap. For the time has come for you to reap the harvest of the earth is ripe. The harvest of the earth is ripe. Now I want to show you something. There's a lot of people who get in positions of authority and they think there's something. Amen, all by myself. There's pastors that think they're God. There's evangelists, television evangelists, that think they're God. And they tell God what to do and they boss him and all this kind of stuff. Guys, let me tell you something. Jesus is sitting on a cloud with the sickle, and he's waiting to hear the word from that angel because that angel didn't just come and tell him. He came from God. He came from the Father. He took his orders. Jesus has always taken his orders from the Father. So we need to use very much caution in everything that we do. We are to take authority over things, but don't ever, ever try to usurp yourself over the authority of God. I promise you, you don't get to sit in the big chair. Amen. Somebody needs this today. It might just be me. Listen. So he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Now, let me tell you something. I don't know if anybody has ever used one of those little hand sickles, that's work. That's work. One of them, anybody ever use one of them big sickles? That's work. They had a, a, a super light one that came out later when I was a young man, when I was a boy. Yeah. It was called a lively lad. And I found out how lively you had to be to swing that thing. Cause my daddy gave me that and a file. And I said, what do I need this for? He said, cause when you swing that enough times, it's gonna get dull. And I said, well, I don't plan on being here that long. He said, not till it's done. See, that's how my daddy was. But daddy, when he was a boy, they didn't have a mower, but he did have a sickle. And he would cut people's grass with a sickle. And he would get on his hands and knees and he would cut with a sickle. And he talked about how hard it was to cut. Could you imagine? Some of y'all got yards about that big. Could you imagine getting out there and cutting that grass with a sickle? So these images of these things, they're in my mind. I see, I see the big reaping sickle. I see that. But then I see the small hand sickle that is more, it's more precise. It's more precision. It's not hacking. It's, it's a delicate tool in a sense. And when Jesus reaps, he reaps it all. Now, I don't know if we're coming up on a a special time of year for me. Dove season. I'm just saying. And uh, some people might not like that. Bless your heart. It's all right. But I found that biscuits and gravy and dove is really good, and I'll leave that to you. It is Sunday, and it's almost dinner time. (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm renowned for making you hungry in church. But... Every time a field is reaped, there are things that are left behind. Amen? When a combine comes through, any kind of reaper comes through, things are left behind, and there's so much that the birds flock, the animals come, because there's something left behind. Listen to what I'm saying. There's nothing left behind. When Jesus reaps, it is complete it is just like it was when he cried to tell style on the cross. It's finished. When he does a job, he does it all or he doesn't do it. Amen? So now we have to look at what it is that he is reaping. Let's look at this. Because he's reaping the grapes of wrath. Now there's a song that's particular to our country. He's stomping out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. Now I want to show you something that's about to happen because we're now about to turn a corner and we're going to have two different pieces and the reason I wanted to slow down here because when we get to the end of this section that we're dealing with, we're going to put two different things together because it's not all in one spot. It is talking about what is to come again in the future. So let's look at this. Then another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven. He also having a sharp sickle. So now Jesus is doing what he's doing. The angel is coming and doing, but this angel now is reaping. Watch. Watch this. And another angel came out from the altar who had power over fire. And he cried with a loud cry to him who had the sharp sickle saying, Listen, thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. Now, when I was reading this, it it amazes me how the Bible keeps referencing itself, how it keeps going back. Somebody finish this verse for me. What you sow, you shall You see this is the wrath of God you see everybody thinks that they can just do what they want and say what they want and go where they want and all these kinds of things but it's seeds that are going in the ground and what we have a problem with as human beings is we sow wild seeds and then we pray for crop failure we do crazy stuff and then we ask God to stop what we have started amen over and over that's human nature we don't want to be responsible for our actions happens to everybody but i'm telling you now these grapes of wrath as we see these people fighting against god going against god right now they're doing it there are people that don't want anything to do with god they say there is no god they curse him they say all manners of evil things against him They do everything they can to try to prove that there is not a God. And those are seeds that are going in the ground and they are creating, they are growing God's wrath. And sooner or later, it's going to be ripe. And when it's ripe, he's going to harvest. Are you getting it now? Are you understanding? Because all of our actions have consequences. Everything we do has a consequence, amen? When my boys were young, I was having a talk with them about how it is to be with boys and girls together alone. And I likened it to this. If you get in a situation like that, it's like you being on a diving board. Once you jump, you're going to get wet. You see, there are some things that once we start a process, there's no way out of it we got to reap what we have sown. And I'm saying this to you because the transparency that I mentioned in Danielle, I'm about to be transparent. I had something happen to me years ago because I was just, I was going everywhere talking to people about Jesus. I still do that, but I was going after the salvation number. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm trying to win souls for Jesus. And then I start feeling really guilty because I'm winning people to Christ, but then I am leaving them unchurched, undiscipled. And they're left there to wander on their own, to find their own way. And I remember having a conversation with a friend and saying, you know what, I'm gonna stop doing that because it's not right, it's not fair. Because I'm not giving them a fair chance. It's kind of like me throwing them into that rocky field with no way to grow. God revealed something to me recently, and that was a few years back. He revealed something to me, and he said, Howie, for whatever reason, you listen to the wrong voice. Anybody ever listened to the wrong voice? You see, I thought it was God that was speaking to me to tell me, stop doing that, Howie, because you're not, you're not helping people, you're hurting people. But all of a sudden, things that I know start coming back to my remembrance things like one plants another waters but god gives the increase you see what it was is i was taking people from the devil's kingdom and he didn't like it so he appeared to sound like the voice of god i know none of y'all have ever experienced that bless you straighten your halos it's all good But sometimes we hear the wrong voice and we mistake it for God. And we sow things that we shouldn't sow. And then we reap things that we shouldn't have reaped because we didn't pay attention. And so I said, God, forgive me. See, that's the beautiful thing about a relationship with Christ. Because he's not keeping score. Because I can tell you right now, if he was, you would lose every hand. And I thank God for mercy and I thank Him for grace. And I thank Him because when I do make mistakes, when I do mess up, that He forgives me, straights me back up, puts me on my path and says, Go do it again, son. Try again. And I'm saying this to you because you need to hear this. Because not that I am special, but if it can happen to me, it can happen to you. Be careful. The Bible says, try the spirit by the spirit. And I've guilted myself here lately into thinking that because I haven't done that, how many souls have not found Christ? You know what I just did? I put myself in the big chair. Am I making sense? I'm not God. God's will will be done. Whether I do it or somebody else does it, his will is not going to hit the ground. It will be done. And so what he's shown me is that I need to start doing this again. And I'm going to teach you guys how to do it. I'm bringing you with me this time. Because this time I'm cutting the army loose. I'm not trying to do it in a special ops. I'm going to cut you loose and let you get out there and do what God leads you to do. Speak to people and know how to do it. Amen? That's just a little something that's coming down the road. So here we go. Watch this. Did I click it? There it is. So the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. I want to tell you something. I don't know if you've ever considered, but how would you feel if you were an author of a great, great author of a book? He said, Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God. That was the title of the book. How would you like for God to be angry with you? Let me tell you something. Not one person in this room has ever felt the wrath of God. I don't care what you've been through. God hasn't cut loose on you. You Let me tell you how I know. Because you're still standing. See, there's a difference in God's wrath and God's correction, because the word says he corrects those that he loves. But when he, when this happens right here, when this wine press of his wrath, whatever is in it is going to be crushed and he's going to pour that out. Watch this. I'm going to show you so that you guys get it. When he pours out his wrath, it is no joke. Prove my point with the scripture. And the wine press was trampled outside the city. This is Jerusalem. And blood came out of the winepress up to the horse's bridle for 1,600 furlongs. 1,600 furlongs. Now, I know some people in here like horses, but if you think about the bit in a horse's mouth, that's what we're talking about here when it talks about this. I want you to think about this. That's usually about head height. Now, I'm 5'10", so you're talking about my eye level looking in a horse's mouth that bloods that deep. You think, well, okay, no big deal. Well, this is a reference, just so you know, this is a reference to Armageddon. And I want you to understand the valley of Armageddon is roughly... 180 square miles. I want you to think about that just for a minute. It's 180 square miles. Somebody did some calculations on this and said, to make this river 10 miles wide and 180 miles long, excuse me, 10 feet wide, and 180 miles long, it would take a billion people to fill it. In the 2021 census, this world had approximately 8 billion people on it. I want you to think about this so that you get this. (laughs) There are several references in the scripture as to what God is, is talking about when it talks about how that we deal with hell. The Bible says that hell hath enlarged herself seven times. Now I want you to hear me very, very clearly in what I'm going to say. Hell was not created for human beings. It was simply intended for Satan And his angels amen but because of the deception because of the lies because people have believed that there is no God that there is no wrath that there's no heaven there's no hell when you die you're dead because people have believed those lies hell hath increased herself seven times now I don't know how big it is But I do know that the word says it's seven times bigger than it was. There's a story in the Bible that talks about ten virgins. Five were wise, five were foolish. And if we look at it from that perspective, we're looking at a 50-50 swap. Let's just say that only 50% of the people go. Go. I think that's a little too high because the word also says, straight is the gate and narrow is the way, and few there be that find it. You see, this is not a story about guilt. This is not a story about shame. This is not a story of me trying to convince you that there's something going on in the back, that you know it's, everything's gonna be okay. This is me telling you flat out. You don't get to get an A, B, or a C on this test. When it comes to this day, it's pass, fail. Either you are in or you are out. No matter what you've been taught in your religious studies, there's no second chance after you quit breathing. There's a place that some people call purgatory. And some people believe that you can pray somebody out of purgatory into heaven or ignore them and they go to hell from there. I want you to understand something that when this wine press is filled, when this wine press is poured out, it's going to be God's wrath. And this bloodshed is going to be no joke. And this is just a precursor of what we're going to be studying when we start looking at Gog and Magog and the Battle of Armageddon and how all this comes down. The whole world is going to converge on one spot. And it's going to be unfathomable at the carnage, destruction, and devastation. You see, somebody said something to me this week and when they did it made all the sense in the world and I'm gonna pull it out because I wanna quote what they said because I thought it was so good a young lady by the name of Stephanie Tice spoke these words to me she said be a cheerful giver not a fearful giver. And she explained to me what that statement meant to her. She said when she was young, she felt that God was the mafia. And if you didn't give, he was coming to collect. And so she gave out of fear. But God showed her to give with joy and gladness. You see, what I want you to go away with today is these events are coming. These events are going to happen. There's no doubt about that because the word declares it. Amen. But you don't have to be the one that has the wrath poured out on you. And it's simple. You see, the way that Satan works is through deception. He wants to make you think something is real when it is not. When I was a young man, I was actually a boy. We were living about 20 minutes outside of Washington, D.C. in a little town called Lanham, Maryland. And I remember having what I thought was a dream. Has anybody ever had an encounter of the supernatural nature and you couldn't explain it? I mean, just something happened and it's like, wow. Well, I was a child And I was laying in bed and my my bedroom faced the road and traffic went this way. My room was lit up and I was like, what is going on? Why is there light in my room? Because there's no way anybody could shine lights in my bedroom. I was on the second story. And I remember when I opened my eyes up and I looked up and I could see flickering of light. And I sat up in my bed and I looked, and I don't tell people this story because they think I'm crazy, but that's okay. If you know me, you know that's true. But I looked in the corner of my room, I had a drum kit sitting here in this. My dresser was here and there was nothing right here and we just got this new invention called shag carpet. And it was earth tone, it was orange. They called it rust, it was orange. And anywhere you would walk on that carpet you could see where you had been. And it was brand new, they had just put it in. When I sat up and I looked, there was a there was a being in a rocking chair, laughing at me. Never had a problem believing there was a God. Trusted that there was a place that bad people went, but I didn't believe in the devil. You see, it's important to believe in your enemy that your enemy exists. Amen. And that he is your enemy. But there's also even more important to believe that you have a Savior that can save you from your enemy. Amen. And as I opened my eyes and I looked, this thing was totally engulfed in flames. And it was kind of like the Joker had mouth that went all the way back to his ears. Big teeth. And it was doing nothing but laughing at me, mocking me. I'm not going to lie. I slept with a shotgun for the next few days. I know parents freaking out. Oh my God, he had a shotgun. Yes, I did. My parents did not know that I did that. But the next morning when I got up, I walked over because I thought it was a dream. But I walked over to that place where I saw what I saw. And there were two rocker rung marks. And there were two feet print. You see, a friend of mine told me a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. I don't care if you believe me or not. I know what I saw. I wiped that out with my hand. I told my dad about it. My dad said it was just a bad dream. I never questioned my dad until later. And he said, son, I believed you a hundred percent. And it caused me to start praying for you. But I didn't want to scare you. You see, I think one of the biggest mistakes that we're making with our children today is not telling them about God and not telling them about Satan and both of them are real and one will kill you and one will save you. We make mistakes in these generations by not telling people that there is hope in Jesus Christ and he is real and we need to learn how to be that fruit and to share what we have. Amen? If Jesus has made a difference in your world, if he's made a difference in your life, tell somebody. You've been listening to Pastor Howie Cantrell with City Gate Church, located at 734 Red River Road, Gallatin, Tennessee. Please visit us in person for Sunday worship at 945. You may also see our live broadcast on Facebook and YouTube. From everyone at CityGate, have a blessed week.